You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Home Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our readings today have a lot in common. They talk about the law of God. The law of God and all the things that we are supposed to do. The Old Testament reading puts before everyone a path that you have to choose between life and death. Where life is if you keep God's commandments and death is if you don't. Jesus talks about all the the things that we're supposed to do. Not just outwardly, but inwardly as well. If we get angry at our brother, we're liable to judgment. If we insult them, we're liable to the fire of hell. If we look at someone with lustful intent, we've already committed adultery in our heart. And so when you combine the two, what do you get? Condemnation. And that's what the psalm talks about too says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Pretty great, right? Blessed is the one who's perfect. That's not really good news, is it? When you combine... Jesus' really hard words today with that, with the path of life or the path of death. And we ask, what do Christians do with this kind of difficult passage? When Jesus says that we, even our very thoughts and our heart, when they go the wrong way, It's liable to hell. There are a number of ways that the Christian church will try to lessen these words. I think the first way that is most common is when we look at these hard sayings, we say to ourselves, these are impossible and we know it. But Jesus forgives you, so don't worry about it. Sounds very Lutheran, doesn't it? You are a sinner. Jesus says that you can never do these things. But he died on the cross for you, rose from the dead for you, and that's it. This can be a problem, though. Because when we talk about that, it means that we can ignore what Jesus commands us to do. And so we gather together in church and we hear God's word and we go, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Uh, Jesus died for me. I'm happy. He loves me just the way I am. And we can go out and live the way everybody else does. And in fact, we end up saying that God's rules for us are basically like the rest of the world. And as long as we don't do the big ones, we're good to go. We can behave just like everybody else, live just like everybody else. But that doesn't really work. Because every age 
has a different set of rules, one that looks different based on the way the society functions. And if we all said, yep, we're just going to live the way everybody else because we don't have to worry about it. Jesus died for me. We'd be doing some pretty bad things. It's not so long ago that you could be a good Christian man and beat your wife and kids if they didn't do what you said. Right? It's not so long ago that you could be a good Christian man and own a slave. It's not so long ago that Christians could do some pretty terrible things. I'd like to give you a story from um, our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. This was from an article written in Concordia Historical Institute Quarterly. It talks about a man named Charles Stoll, who was the first African-American to graduate from Concordia, Bronxville. And they wrote about this. It says, We had integration problems at the seminary during my student days. How modern we could be. Among the students coming out of Bronxville was one Charles Stoll. Any transfer papers received during the summer from Bronxville at the seminary apparently did not mention anything unusual about this young man, nor did his German name indicate anything strange. What a surprise when Charles Stoll turned out to be a Negro. Now, what, do in, what to do in south-tempered St. Louis? with neither a ruling of the Supreme Court nor a sublime resolution of synod to urge a loftier course, someone behind the veil decided that Charles Stoll should leave the seminary and finish his theological training at Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, I don't mention these things to tell everybody how awful we were or to castigate anyone in the past, but just to mention that if we followed the society, if we just said, don't worry about it, it means we can do all sorts of terrible injustices and still feel good about it. Because you don't have to worry, Jesus died for you. And that doesn't take God's word seriously, does it? But even worse... It means that we don't actually mean what we confess. When we say, I don't have to worry about it because Jesus died for me, it means we can have confidence as we go out and sin all the time. And when we say, I, a poor, miserable sinner, it's just a nice ritual. We don't actually mean it. And when someone confronts us with our personal sin, we get shocked. But we need to hear that. We need to take it seriously because we need to know that we have to repent. That when we act like the rest of the world, we need to come to God and say, forgive me because I am a real, true sinner. But even more than that, it misses a whole part of the gospel. Because the gospel is not just Jesus died for you to forgive you, but also he makes you new. That in baptism, you are killed and made alive after the image of Christ. You are brought from death to life. You are no longer flesh, you are spirit. Which means we need to live like it. 
that God has made us new through Jesus Christ. And it denies that whole aspect of God's love and his grace, making it just forgiveness. Don't worry about the rest. And it limits what God can do for us. One of the other ways that Christians can talk about this is they can say, Jesus can't possibly mean what he says. What he really means is, and they shrink down God's law into something that we can do. They shrink it down into something that that people can understand. This was one of the problems that the Pharisees had done when they, they made up their own version of God's rules and they, they followed it. And by lo- following their own arbitrary rules, they could look out at the rest of the world and say, ah, how terrible they are. How great are we that we can be blessed. And when Jesus comes along, he shocks them with his words says they're not the blessed man of the psalm. They're not the ones whose ways are blameless. They're just like everybody else. And they got angry. Instead of turning from their sin and repenting, they said, you have to be wrong. And we do that in the church. In fact, even in churches that say we are saved by grace, And nothing else, we can turn to the law instead. I was listening to a podcast this week from Wretched Radio. I was testing it out to see if it was something interesting. They're all about uh, God's grace and his love with sin and forgiveness. Except for one thing, when you get to the Christian life. The host was talking about his experience as a kid in church. And he said, you know, when I was going to church, I thought I was saved. But I went and I just didn't have joy. And I now know that because I have joy when I go to church, I wasn't saved then and I'm saved now. Isn't that amazing? That brings down God's love and his his grace and his peace. And you know he gives it to you if you've got the right feeling. Isn't that another law? Isn't that another thing from inside me? And that's what we do. We like to narrow down God's law so that we can say, ah, yes, I'm doing the right things. I'm a good person. And do you know what that does? That makes us not need God's forgiveness. So we start to think about our own righteousness. That makes us look out at others and judge them and tell them if you aren't joyful every time you come to church, well, you're just not saved. If you aren't doing the right thing, you just don't get God's grace. But we need to hear that we're sinners. Not just in this narrow band of law, But in everything that we do, 
We need to hear that Jesus gives a law that is so powerful and so impossible, we are just poor, miserable sinners. And so it sends us to the cross where we can plead before Jesus, I am nothing. Give me your grace. Give me your peace. And then you can be forgiven no matter how you feel. Then you can have God's love. Even if your life is falling apart and you look at your actions and the sins that you do and you say, how can I, a Christian, do this? But you come and you confess and Jesus forgives you. You come and you receive his body and his blood and he strengthens you and he gives you eternal life. Not because you do it right, but because Jesus did and that's really how we need to handle these, te- these hard things that Jesus says. When he says that you're angry, it's like murder. When he says that if you lust, it's like adultery. We have to say, yeah, we're not supposed to do these things. Whether we're forgiven or not, we are sinners and there is nothing we can do about it. And we always are brought up against this terrible standard. And then it shouldn't surprise us when someone comes up to us and they say, look at this particular sin in your life. We need to take that seriously. And then it helps us take seriously the amazing gift of God's grace. Because you don't get an amazing grace without a terrible law. You don't get the relief of forgiveness without fully knowing that you have nothing that is good. And no matter how much the rest of the world wants to tell you that God's law is shrunk down, there is no way you can ever obey it. This is why Jesus gives us this. He gives us a law so extreme so we can know that only grace will save. So that we can know only He can give us eternal life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaburwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.